Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic. Oh, we're back. It seems like it's been season six. Man. Um, It doesn't really feel like it's been that long away for us because me and Rob are actually recording this at the end of season five. That's right. Season five is still happening. Full disclosure, we haven't even dropped the last episode, but we're getting ready for season six, and guys, do we have a season. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. We've got some interviews. I I teaser beyond teasers. It's been a good day today, and oh, my goodness, just uh, it's going to be a good good season, so thanks for hanging out. We've both talked in the last few weeks. We've gone back and listened to, like, season one, episode one, the Walking in Memphis episode, or something early in the first, like, five or six, and the, the difference in... Our presentation, <laughs> even from the now intro. To then, yeah, we were like our first episode. If you go back and listen to it, I'm like, uh, "Hey guys, uh, welcome to." Even, it's like we we're trying even to the do Toto NPR. episode, which is one of our most listened to yeah. one. It's 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 like completely different. The energy and everything. Yeah. It's like what in the world? It's so, wild. Thank you guys for becoming our friends and hanging along with us. Season yeah. six. Here we go. I mean, some of some of you listeners out there have legitimately become our friends. It's so Absolutely. weird. Like, there's an actual community building around this podcast. And some of our friends actually now listen. That's right. It's great. <laughs> Still can't get our wives in on That's it. That's right. They're Still trying. Can't do it. Some of them. Hey, there's a few this season that my wife is actually excited about, which is r- rare to say. So there we go. To be fair, my wife hears every episode while I edit it. Okay. So she hears bits and pieces of every one. She's like, I don't need to listen to it again. Like she's she, she's like, I pretty much got it. I pretty much got it. But, uh, but this is one that we're going to kick it off that's got to resonate in everybody's ears. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. We Everybody's going to be singing along. Wherever you are, you're about to make a fool of yourself. We always debate what's the opener for each season. Yeah. So uh, we always try to do something a little different. But this is one everybody's got to sing along with us because yep. we're going to be bup, bup, bupping along. So Let's he- do here it. Here we go. Let's hear Ladies it. and gentlemen, this is Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Just makes you want to run through a brick wall, doesn't it? <laughs> I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Here we go, go. Sing along Everybody ba, ba, ba. What, Neil? What do you now I do? 
That was Sweet Caroline by Sweet Sweet Neil. Sweet Neil Diamond. Uh, from the 1969 album Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. And it actually came out as a single originally before that in May 1969. It hit number four on the Billboard Hot 100, number three on the U.S. Easy Listening and Cashbox Top 100s, and number three in the uh, Australian and Canadian charts, and number one in your hearts. That's right. Number one in your programs. <laughs> sweet Caroline. Sweet, sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Parentheses. Good yes. times never felt so good. Never right. seemed never so, seemed so, good. so yeah. good. Never mm-hmm. seemed so good. Never uh, seemed so And so a little bit about the song itself. The songs, uh, the source of the song's inspiration was kind of a secret-ish for almost 40 years um, until Neil Diamond revealed in a 2007 interview that its inception began with a photo of a nine-year-old Carolyn Kennedy, Caroline Kennedy, on a magazine cover. Uh, I believe it's the Life magazine cover from September 7th, 1962, if I did my research properly. She's dressed in her riding gear, uh, that is riding like, you know, like like riding a pony, because yeah, that's what not, she was not, doing. Not writing. Not writing. Not, not with a pen. That's right. She's dressed in, because uh, do, do, do people have writing gear? Oh, I put on like, my best glove. Do you? <laughs> no. It prevents the carpal tunnel. When I dip my pen in the ink, I must have my writing gear that's in right. place. Uh, so Caroline Kennedy dressed uh, in her writing gear on her pony, which was named Macaroni, by the way. Oh, pony a, Macaroni? A pony named Macaroni. That. Sounds like a band name or something. Sounds um, like a Neil Diamond song. It does. It, oh, my God. I mean- Porcupine pie, mm-hmm. a pony named macaroni, yeah, right? That's it's, it. It's easy. Um, so he said, it was such an innocent, wonderful picture, I immediately felt there was a song in there, um, and he would write the song itself a few years later. Also, there's a whole other origin to the song, uh, but that was what we thought for a while was the origin of the song, and he sang it for Caroline Kennedy for her 50th birthday at the, uh, was it the Kennedy Center? That would that make, make sense. sense. I don't really, I can't remember now. But uh, there was a special thing, and he sang it for her. And at that point, he said, uh, you know, I had always wanted her to hear it, but I never wanted to tell her before now that it was about her, and blah, 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 blah. However, around about 2014, he started changing his story a little bit. Um, From a 2014 Today Show interview, uh, he said, I was writing a song in Memphis, Tennessee for a session, and I needed a three-syllable name. Um, He said the song was about my wife at the time. Her name was Marsha. And I couldn't get a Marsha rhyme. Key phrase here. I couldn't get a Marsha rhyme, he says. First of all, why did it need a rhyme? Caroline doesn't rhyme anywhere at With all anything in, in the, the song. song Ooh, unless you're point. counting good times, right? As a, as a, like a near rhyme internal in rhyme, right? Yeah. Sweet Caroline, good times. But I don't even count as an internal yeah. rhyme, right? Mm-hmm. So it didn't need a rhyme. He didn't need a rhyme there. Good point. Second good of catch, all, Rob. second of all, Sweet Marsha Mine, Sweet Marsha Fine, yeah. whatever. She have a she have a one syllable middle name or a nickname yeah. or something. You know, you could have used make it work, bro. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure I believe him. Uh, I think his his. I think he caught some flack, right? Mm-hmm. That's I think good. he caught some flack. I've definitely heard some people say it was about a it was a picture of a nine year old girl. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and I don't think that. I literally yeah. don't think that had anything to do. But I'm just saying, like, that I keeps think, people from talking. But if you change the story, exactly. If that people, exactly. If that story gets back to him, then maybe he goes, oh, maybe I should say it was about my wife. We're not married anymore, anyway. That's right. It doesn't and matter. I'm getting older, so this story's getting it. weirder. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I do think I, I I do think that's 
possible, and maybe he just misspoke when he was saying I couldn't get a Marsha rhyme, mm-hmm. right? Because, but um, maybe instead of rhyme, he just meant syllable. Right, I couldn't make the syllables work. Bit, but, you know that but you're right. Thing. That's easy to change but, that. Yeah, Write the song about your wife, darn. Yeah, just but no, I I get it. That happens in songs all the time. But uh, as as a matter of fact, I heard him tell that story uh, a couple of different spots, I think, and um, and in in one, it sounded like. It was a super last minute decision, like he, like on the car ride to the studio, or maybe even I in the that. studio that he came up, came up with the, the name on the way there. Yeah, yeah. I'd heard so that. I, it's one of these things. Is Neil, off. we know you listen every week. Just tell us. Just yeah. be honest with us. And those of you guys that are really good friends with Neil Diamond, yeah. just ask him. That's right. Just, just let us know the truth on that. that yeah. Cool. Uh, so anyway, but he did say that he wrote it the night before his session, the song itself, whether, whether Caroline was a part of it or not sure. at this point, he, he wrote it uh, the night before the session where he had a, he had a three hour session booked. This seems crazy to think now he had a three hour session booked and it was sort of expected that in a three hour session, you would cut three songs. Song an hour. Isn't that wild? <laughs> with full band. But that's, yeah, with full band, like, you know, yeah. just going in fresh Nail and you're going to cut three songs. Now that is not happening. Uh-huh. Like, Period. Even in your home studio. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. So I, I think that's crazy. But it, you know, we've talked a, a little bit about before. This song is older than I think it to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like this was 1969, um, and it just doesn't sound that old to me. I think mid 70s yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, we talk about the like the earlier days of rock and roll. It was you would go in and record a whole album in like four hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> here's the, our day to record the album. Yeah, I mean, Let's it was go like, do it. seriously like early like Beatles records and like all those early, like Motown. You know what I'm saying? It was just like get in there, get your stuff done. That's why you had you have these like vocal performances where you can hear, um, you know, like I, I want to say maybe on like uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Or something like that. There's you hear stuff where people clip the microphone and they just left it in. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like they they. What I mean by clip, I mean they they sing too loud and it gets in the red for the preamp, right? And the preamp goes a little bit while they sing, and it gets this throaty, you know, weird thing. Now you don't want that ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Um, but then they would just leave it in because they were like, we got a schedule to keep. Here. We got four more tracks to cut. Yeah, and it's two o'clock. That's right. That's right. We got to be out by five. So. Anyway, this, this is from a, a good album. Um, let's talk about it. Th- the album is uh, Brother Love's Travel and Salvation Show. That's right. One of my favorites, title track. It's uh, it's found some resurgence lately in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you see that? Oh, really? No, the I new didn't. Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot yeah. Robbie movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's the first Quarin- Car- Quentin me. Tarantino film. What did you call him? Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, uh, the first and only one that he didn't invite Bar Bob and Harvey Weinstein to participate in this one. Oh well, you know, it's, it's been some it's smart. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Leave them out of this Smart one yeah. here, uh, but I love that. So play a little of of the title track, just because I like it. Jump to the chorus. Uh, I think it's catchy. Classic Neil. Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show, the true story of uh, WWF slash WWE side character Brother Love. You remember Brother Love from the 80s? No. He no. was like a, um, he hosted a talk show, quote unquote, uh-huh. like in the middle of wrestling events. Yeah. And he was like the stereotypical like 80s evangelist, uh-huh. white suit, uh, red shirt. His face was always super red, yeah. slick back hair. 
uh, and he was his he would be like, I love you. <laughs> and he would always host a talk show and yeah. talk, you know, talk to the wrestlers or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Well, but, killer drum fill in that too. Let's talk about the band. Let's, let's do, do it. it. It's time to meet the band. Boom. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're gonna meet the band that played on Sweet Caroline uh, by Neil Diamond. Um, on, I, I'm gonna start by talking about the arranger, uh, the guy that did some arrangement strings and horns. Don't always talk about them, but his name was Nolan Ryan. Yeah, yeah, he was a ranger, the Texas Ranger. Yeah, yeah that's right. Famous Texas Rangers, Julio Franco, Wal- uh, Walker. Ruben Sierra, Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger. There you go, Chuck Norris. No, a ranger, strings and horns, a guy named Charles Calello. Maybe it's Calello. Calello? It's C-A-L-E-L-L-O. Oh, okay, Calello. Calello, maybe? maybe? Yeah. Good old Charles. Yeah. Um, he was in the Frankie Valley group, The Four Lovers, before it transitioned into The Four Seasons. Ooh. So he was with Frankie Valley before they became The Four Seasons. That's cool. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't yeah. know there was, you know, the somebody four. pre four seasons. Yeah, another four. Four lovers. Four lovers. Uh, nicknamed Hitman. Great nickname in a good sense. Um, so I was thinking Hitman, Hitmen. I don't really know any famous Hitmen. I, only I know, thought I would. Hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just list some famous Hitmen here. This sure. Be fun. And the only one I could think of was Irishman Ray Ferrito. And I just know him just from a, a movie. Um, but I can't really think of any famous hitman. I can think of, okay, uh, yeah, all mine are fictitious, except for, now, if you want to go Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, uh, more wrestling. Right, some more wrestling. We're really going <laughs> wrestling good. deep on this. Uh, or like, um, what's his name? Deadshot from Suicide Squad? Will okay. Smith's character in there Suicide Squad? Um, but in terms of like, well, real, most of mine are fictional. Yeah, really yeah. hitman. Hit so I just looked up the most notorious is a guy named Richard Kuklinski, a.k.a. the Iceman. Over 200 killings, and there was a movie called The Iceman with Michael Shannon and Winona Ryder. It came out in 2012. It's about him. It's crazy. Not Val Kilmer. Not Val Kilmer, yeah. right. Not Iceman. Not Ice Chomp Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not uh, not uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, <laughs> Let's yes. kick some ice. <laughs> not that guy. But anyway, Charles, the hitman, um, did the arrangement Strings and Horns. On drums, a guy named Gene Chrisman. This guy. My goodness. Okay. 67, Aretha Franklin album, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You. Okay. okay. So that's 67. Yep. 68, King Curtis, Sweet Soul. 69, Dusty Springfield and BJ Thomas Project. Okay. 70, Elvis Presley. 71, John Prine's first album, self-titled. In 71, he also did Crystal Gale, Don McLean, played with him. But most notably, the drummer for Billy Vera and the Beaters oh, at this moment. Wow. And this is before, when we interviewed Billy Vera, we weren't really doing a full-on meet the band section, I don't think. I'd have to go back and listen through. But Gene played drums with Billy Vera and the That's Beaters. awesome. So, good job, Gene. Man. Um, On bass... The guy that played bass on Respect, again, Tommy Cogbill. Uh, so if you want to go back and revisit the episode that we did on Aretha from Season 5, yep. I believe, um, you can hear more accolades. But somebody I failed to mention that he played bass with, Billy Vera and the Beaters. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, snap. About that. So like half the Beaters played on this, this record. Is, That's yeah, awesome. This is awesome. So um, they're called the Memphis Boys Rhythm Section, um, tied in a couple of them. But um, on guitar, Reggie Young, this guy's a legend, played guitar on Always On My Mind by Willie Nelson. Uh, other King Curtis stuff, played with Delbert McLennan. Guitar on Elvis's Suspicious Minds. And Hooked on a Feeling by B.J. Thomas. Okay. Teaser of all teasers. Okay. Um, first band was called Eddie Bond and the Stompers, okay? That's a terrible, terrible name. Terrible name. But they opened for Johnny Cash, 
Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison. Wow. Okay, so and you know a lot of times openers at that time would actually back the backing band right. for the headliner. So his band would back a lot of those back Johnny Cash, back Carl Perkins, back Roy Orbison. So Solid. pretty neat. Yeah. Is, yeah. His next band, the band after that was called Bill Black Combo. The Bill Black Combo. Okay. So good. But I guarantee you they would never be asked by the band they opened for to accompany them because they were the primary opener for the Beatles on their first U.S. tour. Whoa. The primary opener for the Beatles on their first U.S. tour. Wow. Bill Black Combo. So That's there you crazy. go. Reggie Young. Wow. Guitarist. Go get it, Reggie go Young. Go do it, buddy. Um, on keyboards, Bobby Emmons played keys on In the Ghetto by Elvis. In the Ghetto. Nailed it. And Son of a Preacher Man by Dusty Springfield. Solid. Yeah. Man, they should probably do an episode on yeah, this Sunday, It's a possibility. Think? Yes. I love this song. We'll talk about Bobby again some more on that episode. Yeah. Um, and on vocals, guy named Neil Diamond. Hey, now. Um, ten number ones. Sweet Caroline, not one of them. Yeah. How about that? But number four, right? It got close. Number four on the Hot 100, number three on the easy listening chart. Yep. Had had 10 other number ones, though. This guy's a legend. On the fencing team? Did you see that growing up? Yes. Fencing? That's right. So he said in an interview that his uh, a buddy of his in school was like literally the best fencer in the country. And so scouts would come to see him for fencing scholarships. And uh, and while they were there, his friend said, hey, you should check out my friend Neil. He's pretty good, too. So he ends up getting a fencing scholarship. Awesome. Neil Diamond, That's fencing crazy. scholarship. That's crazy. crazy. Um, got his first guitar at 16 when he went to Surprise Lake Summer Camp summer camp for Jewish kids. Okay. And that's where he met Pete Seeger, the guy that did uh, ah. Where Have All the Flowers Gone, If I Had a Hammer. He came and performed, and he was like, man, I'm hooked on that guy. And they met. They became friends. Um, and from there, you know, there's definite Pete Seeger tie-ins all yeah. the way through. Um, it's sometimes referred to as Jewish Elvis. Jewish Elvis. So That's how about, awesome. How about that, Jewish Elvis? So I started looking. Do you know Elvis' maternal great-grandma, Nancy Burdine, was actually Jewish? Oh. So a long way around this, but th- thus making Elvis actually like Jewish? The quarter, quarter Jewish Elvis? There's, if you go to the uh, Elvis Museum um, in the bedroom house, two-bedroom house of his birthplace, birthplace in Mississippi, it's now tourable. There is a menorah. When you go in. Oh. So there you go. How about that? He's like, Man, I'm the original Jewish Elvis. I feel like Adam Sandler should have told me this. I know, right? This is an ad. This is an ad that the boys have made. That the boys have made. We hope you'll buy. We hope you'll buy what we say in it. What we say in it. hey We got ads now. kablam we sold out. Cha-ching! Finally did it. All the way to the bank. Uh, we're here to tell you today about the new album by... Rob and Crystal Alley. What? That's me! I know that guy! Man! I see him on the regular. I paid for this ad. That's right! And That's... I am so thankful. I sunk so much money into this. I hope it goes well. <laughs> we, uh, I have a new album, my wife and I, at robincrystal.com. The album is Settled in Heaven. If you want to get a peek into what my real life is, uh, you can do that. If That's you want to check Rob out... Rob and Crystal. That's right. Rob and Crystal. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L dot com. You can check out our new album. It's called Settled in Heaven. It's magnificent. I, I phrase it. It's like if Carol Bayer Sager met Meatloaf, <laughs> met Joe Satriani, met Whitney Houston, <laughs> met the Angel Gabriel. Wow. You put it all together and it's magnificent. Put it in a big pot and you got Settled in Heaven wow. by Rob and Crystal Allen. You know, I'm glad you said that because it would have sounded disingenuous coming from me. 
coming, coming from coming you. Coming from somebody else. It's the truth. It's and, obviously and the truth. And we know great songs yeah. because this is the Great Song Podcast. So do yourself a favor. Pick up a great album by a great artist, a great individual or two, because Crystal's every bit as great as Rob is. Multi-talented. So uh, so you guys grab your, do yourself a favor and grab this album. That's right. Thanks for listening and for supporting. Go to robincrystal.com and check out our new album, Settled in Heaven. This is a great song. Pod ad. Guys, we finally did We're it. We're doing it. We're bringing it. We finally did it. You guys want to give us dollars, yeah. and we would love to take them. <laughs> That's right. The Great Song Podcast is now on Patreon. That's right. I didn't feel comfortable giving my bank account to you guys to put the money in my account, yeah. but I do feel comfortable this way. <laughs> right. So you could go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash greatsongpod. If you want to just support the show, we do this podcast for free because we love it. If you're like, JP, we want you to buy a Three Musketeers bar. Here's a yeah, dollar. Exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. If you want to subscribe on Patreon as a way to just show us that you love us and you want to support the show, man, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. I stole it. Oh, it's all good. It's 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 stole out there for the ta- it's, it's it's out there for the taking. So <laughs> uh, we and we're very selective on when we decided to post this. We've waited yep. for years, hundreds of episodes, and yep. we still want to give you guys what you like and you not feel obligated. That's but right. In the same regards, we want to get it in more ears, and That's this right. is the best way. So anything you can do to help, we're very thankful. That's right. The regular show is not changing. Nothing. The at regular all. show is going to be the Great Song Podcast. You know and love But if you decide To support us on Patreon You're going to get More of the show Bonus episodes Patreon exclusives Chance to maybe Contribute some questions That we ask the artists That's right Ooh. So uh, I think it's going to be a real, a real neat thing Lots more ways For us to engage with you And for you to engage with us Just go to Patreon.com Slash Great Song Pod Or you can click on the link In the show notes We appreciate it so much We love you guys Like our own family We're family Yep Patreon.com Slash Great Song Pod that was an ad that the boys have made We hope you'll buy what we said in it That was an ad, that was an ad that the boys have made Back to, uh, back to Neil Diamond. The song Heartlight in 1982, did you Turn see that? on your heart uh, It was based on E.T. Did you ever know that? Hold up. Wait, I'm going to get there. So, no, he wrote that song... Uh, with Carol Bayer Sager and Burt Bacharach. Okay. After all three of them went to the movie together. This was what year? 82. Oh, 82. I'm sorry. I thought you said 72. No, 82. So okay. The, so they went to the movies huh. and they watched this movie and they're like, let's go write a song. I want to write a song about that. Wow. So the three of them, after going to the movies together, went and sat down and wrote Heartlight. That's crazy. And they oh, paid, wow. I got to go listen to it now. They paid Universal Studios $25,000 to do a song. On ET, like to for just really just to have this song is inspired. We're together collectively going to get, and they didn't want to get sued. Didn't want to get sued. They're like, we just went and watched your movie. It's awesome. Here's twenty five thousand dollars. Can we write a song that uh, like that's bananas? That is crazy. Nobody does that. No. But anyway, good job, Neil, Carol, and Bert Bacharach. That's so funny. put on your heart light. There you go, man. Um, okay. yeah, that's what I've got on Neil. I know you said you had a that's yeah, the a band couple, section. And couple that's notes, a, a little bit on on Neil. Couple further notes on Neil. Uh, he also grew up like same neighborhood, same high school, I think, with Neil Sadaka. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're like good friends all grown up, you know, the two the two Neils. The two Neils. And that's by the way, Neil Leslie Diamond is his real name. Yeah, it's not a Neil stage Diamond name. Neil Diamond is not a stage name. Um, he almost changed his name. Have you heard did you see this story? No, I didn't see that. Okay, so when he was about to release his first album, um his his uh management or the uh, the label, I think is more accurate was like you got to pick a name right and it, whether it's your name or something else you got to mm-hmm. pick a name so that we know what we're going to put on all the things 
And so he came very close. This is a true story. He came very close to changing his name to one of two other options. Okay. Okay. Um, the, f- the first was he wanted something that was biblical and strong, that conveyed okay. strength. And so he almost went with Noah Kaminsky. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kid you not, he was almost Noah Kaminsky. Okay. And if, then- if he does Kaminsky, is that close enough to Kaminsky that it becomes a White Sox song? Oh, instead of a Red Sox song. Ooh. Wow. Maybe so down the road. Um, who knows? Who knows what even happens if he's Noah if Kaminsky? He's Noah you know Kaminsky. And then the other name, believe it or not, is even better than that one. <laughs> he was this close. He wanted something. The the other option that he came up with was something that was just cool and rock and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cavalier and devil may care <laughs> and rock and roll. So he was this close to being called Ice Cherry. What? No. Ice Cherry. That would have been spelled by, by my research. That would have been spelled C-H-A-R-R-Y. But pronounced like the pronounced fruit, cherry, and of course he later had a song called Cherry Cherry. Yeah, so he's like a, you know, that would have been interesting. A guy <laughs> named Ice Cherry singing a song called Cherry Cherry. But uh, yeah, he ended up just going think, with his yeah, own name because it fits like Neil Diamond. He he yes, sounds like Neil he, Diamond exactly. He looks and sounds especially like in the seventies when he was like oh, yeah. chest hair hanging out everywhere it, and yeah. the, the cool like the jazz I mean? singer cover. He looks and sounds exactly yeah, like Neil, Neil Diamond. Di- Neil he Diamond. is who he is. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, by the way, I found that story uh, on YouTube. I was digging around, and it was, there was an old clip from the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Um, and I thought, oh, I've really found something here. I've really, you know, I've really unearthed something that's going to be of interest. Uh, yeah. Uh, give me a second. You are correct, sir. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yes. Thank you for coming by, Ed. That was good. You may have won (laughs) the publishers. I can't do it. All right. I lost it. I lost it. That was good. You were there for a minute. (laughs) That's all I got. Thanks for coming by, Ed. You know what? Raise your hand online if you even know who Ed McMahon is. And the fact that me and Rob were like, yes, we know who it is. (laughs) And yes, we said he did a good impersonation. Yeah. Because if you're under 30, there's no way you know who Ed Ed McMahon is. That's right. No way. So. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so I found I found this Ed McMahon. We should probably explain now was Johnny Carson's side Yeah, he was, he's this. Yeah. So anyway, I found this clip on YouTube, <laughs> and I thought I've really found something here. This yeah. is a gem. You know what yeah. I mean? I've really unearthed unearthed the thing here. Um, and uh, so then, in further research, I also found that he said this in the last few years on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and on a Reddit AMA session. And probably everywhere he's ever been in his life. Sure. So whatever. It, it's probably the first thing he tells people when he meets him. You know, <laughs> hey, how you doing, Neil Diamond? You know, I was almost ice cherry. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. but to me, it felt like I really found something important. Uh-huh. But it seems like he's pretty that's forthright good. with that story. <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of loves telling. Yeah, that's it. one of his favorite stories. That's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, other songs by Neil Diamond. We heard a little of uh, Brother Love, but Song Song Blue. Yep. Holly Holly, Cracklin' Rosie, and I'm like, man, those are all names of girls. Yeah. Like he, so he it's went true. with names of girls. Maybe he just went, like, he just went, every hotel room we went to, he's like, let me find a picture of a girl, and I'm going to just save it for later, yeah. right, when I'm inspired to write a song. There you go. Just compiling girls' names. There you go. Uh, Love on the Rocks from The Jazz Singer. I never saw The Jazz Singer. I me saw neither. parts of it. Uh, those of y'all out there that have seen it, let us know what you think and if we should watch it. Um, <laughs> he did rewrite Sweet Caroline in COVID. Have you seen that? Oh, yes. Don't touch me. I won't touch you. That's right. Yep. Watch. Yes. You think he should have sang Sweet Quarantine? Ooh, that probably. That was one thing that I would. Probably so. Or COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying COVID to think. COVID-19. Yeah. Huh? Oh, I like that. I was yep. trying to think of a good one if I was going to rewrite it. I, yeah. I'd probably go. 
I like yeah, that. COVID one night. That's pretty good. Sweet quarantine. Sweet quarantine would have worked also. Yeah. Those are both very solid. Those are the best I could come up with. Yeah. He should have called you on that for That's sure. Right. He Neil. definitely should have called you. It's all right. Great job on the remix, but you missed a good opportunity. Yeah. He's got over 70 top 100 songs. He's Holy one of the cow. He's one of the top selling artists of all time. It's like amazing. 125, 150 million albums. That's a um, lot. 37 top 40 singles, 16 top 10 albums, I think you already said. Um, it's just just crazy. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, unless you got more on Neil. No, I got, I got I got Move on to some theory and some other notes. Yeah, take it. I want to talk a little bit about some theory and just some stuff about the song that makes it great, right? Yeah. I got a few, few things about this song um, that make it so memorable. Um, you know, this song is, is 51 years old, um, and, uh, and it's still as beloved, if not more, than it ever has been. You know what I'm saying? It hasn't run its course yet, which is insane to think. Because it's kind of a kitschy song, you know what I yeah. mean? It's not like, it's not... Not riff heavy. It's, yeah, it's not riff heavy. And it's not so iconic in its subject matter. It's mm-hmm. a love song. It's just yeah. a fun, you know, running through the field, holding hands yeah. kind of love song. Mm-hmm. Um, so to think that it has had this kind of staying power is really, you know, whatever. So I just started thinking about some of the stuff about it that I like musically that I think has helped it endure. So one of the, thing I, one of the things I noticed about it was that there's tons of little musical hooks all throughout the song, right? Um, of course, you've got the little, the intro, sitting over the bass note. It's over just, the five. Over yeah, the right. Five. Yeah. I think we're in the key of C I think here. It's in C, yeah. so it's over G. And so we've got that little thing happening, and it stacks, right? Right. Okay. So it's got that whole little thing going for it that happens two or three times in the song. And then it's got the bump. Bumps in the verse, right? Mm-hmm. The little, the beautiful, it's two notes on guitar. Guitar players take note. Less right? is more. That's right. G- guitar players who would be, if you were, if you're like, okay, let's play Sweet Caroline, and you're going to go, dang a jank a jank a jank a jank a jank right? Yeah. Playing all six strings, mm-hmm. and you're going to strum. No. Yeah. Stop. You're mm-hmm. doing too much. All it takes sometimes, bump, bump, wait, mm-hmm. wait, 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 wait. Bump, bump. Mm-hmm. Two notes every two measures. Yeah. Right? And it's an iconic guitar part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really helps, like, d- it, I don't know if it drives the song, but it keeps interest. You know what I'm saying? And it gives room for the vocal to carry the song. Absolutely. It, uh, it, it highlights the vocal. Yes. Puts the vocal right out front and the story. Good um, job, Reggie Young. Yeah, good job, Reggie. No wonder he got to play with all the Everybody. Th- yeah, he's like, they're like, he won't step on your toes. Yeah. He'll give you your space. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's the uh, the horn line on the chorus. The, mm-hmm. the, that's the iconic, bah, 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 you know what I mean? Uh, one thing I love about this, too, if you listen to, I, I believe the original release, the single in May of 1969 was in mono, uh, and the version on Brother Love's Traveling uh, Salvation Show is stereo. in stereo. Hmm. So um, if, you, if you listen to, uh, of course, mono means basically just one speaker. Everything is in the middle. You still hear it in both ears, but everything is occupying the same space. Stereo opened up a whole other world. Panning and things. Yeah, being able to pan, pull things to the left and right. Um, and so you hear it like, I, we've, and I'm sure we've talked about this when we talked about the Beatles and whatnot, that you know a lot of times, um, especially early on, you might have the vocals all on one side and the instruments all on the other side. That kind of thing, like really hard panning. Uh, what you use it now to do more is to simulate sort of a stage layout. If when you're mixing a song, you think about sort of if this was a live performance, where would the guitars be? Where would the vocals be? Where would the drums be? 
You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that, and you're you're sort of setting a stage and using that's good. Um, you use pan to set things left and right, and you use stuff like reverb and delay to send things forward and backwards in a mix. Um, in this case, there's a lot of heavy strings going on in sections, and there's a lot of heavy horns going on in sections. And what they did was they split those hard left and right. So you've got strings hard left all the way in the left side. And you've got horns all the way in the right side. So it's like ones on uh, opposite sides of the stage Ex- for you guys if you're in the audience. Exactly. You can hear your horn section Neil to the is right. dead center. Yep. Right? And you've got strings over here and horns over here, and they're not competing with each mm-hmm. other and getting in the way. You can still hear everything clearly in the center that's supposed to be happening. And so, yeah, it does create, and it gives it that, stor- that sort of big Neil Diamond stage show yeah. feel even just from the audio. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's that's really good. cool. Um, and there's so much going on. It's like I'm surrounded by just noise. And I don't want to say noise, but there's so much going on in each ear. Yes. Which, if those of y'all that sing the bop, bop, bops, what we're talking about, that's the feeling you want. Absolutely. Everybody collectively together. So I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this is how busy the interlude is before the last set of choruses. Okay. okay. I, want to, I want to listen to this. So we're going to do a chorus, and then it comes down to basically play the intro again. The bum, 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 right? Okay. I want to play it, and then we're going to break it down ever so slightly. Now, I'm going to tell you what's happening, and then we're going to listen to it again, okay? And I want you to listen for everything that's happening. So, here's what we've got. First, we've got the intro melody that we talked about, bum, 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 with the bass hopping on the five, boom, 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 okay? And the intro melody, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, building, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
five players, okay? okay? And All you right. just tell me if you think they were on the 2002 uh, Boston Red Sox team. Okay. Nomar Garcia Parra. Yes. Yes. Shortstop hit cleanup. Very good. Pedro Martinez. 2002. I think so. Yes. He's their ace. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Ricky Henderson. No. Was he? Yes. Whoa. Didn't start. Whoa. How would you have a team with Ricky Henderson and wow. he didn't start? He, he played been... 72 games. He hit 223 that year. Wow. Terrible. So that must have been his, you know. But he got to be a part of that team. Patrick Ewing in a Sonics jersey kind of night. year there. Trot Nixon. Yeah. Yep. And Jason Veritek. I don't think he was there yet. Yes. All five. He was. He oh. was there. Okay. So oh, all wow. five. Yes. The thing about Jason Veritek was a catcher that led off. Okay, how many oh. catchers can you name that have led off? Oh my gosh, none. I, mean, I, I I had a hard time doing that myself. So there's a guy named Jason Kendall, played for the Pirates. Okay, yeah. He led off more games than any other prior to the year 2007. Other than, than him, a catcher to lead off more than Jason Veritek is Craig Biggio in 89 with 17 games he led off. He okay, Craig Biggio makes Craig sense. Craig Biggio. Okay. All right, uh, Ivan Rodriguez that. led off 14 times as okay. a catcher. And Tim McCarver. Let oh. off nine times in 1972. Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver. Wow. So there you go. A little, uh, little baseball trivia. A little Red Sox trivia for you guys. I have been yeah. to Fenway. It's awesome. I actually got my picture made with the bullpen cop, Steve Horgan. Y'all yeah. remember Tory Hunter? The when he oh uh, yeah when Tory Hunter didn't make the catch, he went over and there's the cop Went straight shooter. over the fence. Yeah, the, Tory Hunter like can't stand that guy. He's like, your job. I saw an interview with him. He's like, your job is to serve and protect, and you didn't even catch me. You were more concerned about celebrating the home run. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. And then the next year in 2013, I saw that cop. I was like, that is the bullpen cop. And we took a picture with both of our arms in the air together. It's the coolest picture. I might post it on the, on the uh, yeah, great on Instagram, songs and the great yeah. people who love them great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. that is bullpen cop. Dude, that's he, hilarious. He loved that I knew him, that right. I recognized. He's like, yeah, that kid knows me. Let's take Dude. a picture. I was like, oh. you're the bullpen cop. That's awesome. Yeah, this is one of those – all-time great sing-alongs. I almost called this in our opener the White People's National Anthem. <laughs> it's on a bunch of playlists yeah. of stuff like songs to get your white friends hype. And like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just a great, like, you. I mean, you play this thing at a wedding. Oh my you God. play this Everybody's thing. Everybody's bop-bop-bopping. It's, it's the karaoke jam. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I'm saying? Because you can, you can still sing the song pretty well if you've got a couple belts but, in you. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and you can talk it even. It yeah. You can talk you it. You hit that pre-chorus. It. it does not matter. One. And the crowd. Touching one. There, right, it's Schmammered Raw bringing it, it up. It gives you some Neil Diamondness, That's I right. think. Maybe. Everybody gets a little bit loose uh, yeah. in the hips when they uh, when they right. play Sweet Caroline. That's right, man. As long as you get to the chorus, man, You're people there. do not and, care. And you'll have support. You yeah. know, you'll have vocal support on the chorus. I tried to do some research on the Red Sox connection to see if I could find out when the bomb, bomb, bomb started mm-hmm. and the so good, so good, so good. Because neither of those things, I mean, one is a horn thing, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, but uh, to see when those started, and it just seems like it just it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now at Red Sox games, when they get to the bump, 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 they actually lower the volume on the, the track, track playing, so the crowd comes out really Carry loud. That's good. But um, but I think it just happened organically. Maybe a little bit also in uh, the Neil's live performances, very interactive with crowds. I've come to a conclusion, by the way, in in sort of getting into Neil Diamond. I've never been like a big Neil Diamond guy, mm-hmm. uh, other than you know this song and knowing several others, but but not a big you know follower. Um, but I've concluded. Tell me if I'm wrong here. That Neil Diamond uh, is the pop Jimmy Buffett. Ah, uh, 
that's not awful. Is that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit schlocky, mm-hmm. a little bit schmaltzy, yeah. right? Huge, Lo- devoted following. Loyal followers, that's right. Yeah. You've got your parrot heads, and mm-hmm. then you've got your diamond right. faces. Your, your buff, buff, buffets? Buff, buffets, buffet, buffeters. Buffeters, yeah, buff, buffeteers. How we did he do a Jimmy um, Buffett song? Uh, it's, so I just yet. wonder, like, your, 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 you know, your, um, it, it just seems a similar kind of vibe to me, right? That's true, and, and they it's each like, have... Other hits, but they have their one, like yeah, this is the Neil the Diamond icon. song, and then Margaritaville is obviously the Jimmy Buffett song. Right. So you got the iconic tune, yeah. and then you've got a lot of true yeah. fans that love, they're like, why is Pencil Thin Mustache not in your top 10 of all time? Yes, exactly. It's like, man, I Paradise. love Cheeseburger in yeah. Paradise, but I'm waiting for, I'm waiting to hear Margaritaville. Yeah. I'm not leaving till you play Margaritaville. You're going to close with Sweet Caroline, yeah. and you're going to close with Margaritaville. Yeah. But yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, the concert I watched of him on the Today Show where he was doing that interview, he led with Sweet Caroline first. Really? Opened with it. I figure you're going to lose people after that. Maybe he you know did I mean? that like, as I'm this guy. Yeah, Stick with don't me. Don't forget. That's don't right. F- I know I'm older. It was like 2014. Yeah, like, so he's I'm like, the guy that did this. don't let the beard and the short hair fool you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm the guy with the hips and the open jacket. <laughs> you know? Um, okay. I got a great story. I got a okay. great story about this. By the way, oh, this is cool. And I, we don't have time to talk about it, but uh, I was watching the 2014 concert and I happened to catch that one of Neil's guitarists was playing a guitar that I truly love. The Line 6 Variax. There we go. And that's a guitar that is like, he was playing a Variax body with a Fender neck. Okay. okay? Um, but a Variax was this cool, I got to play one for a few years and it was awesome. It has these electronics in it that simulates uh, in detail the sound of these classic guitars in each little pickup position. You can even play banjo. Pickup position. Rob played yeah, banjo do, on a Variax. That's right. It'll do, it'll do, it, it does crazy stuff. Line 6, God bless you for that invention. I will have another Variax someday. I love it. It was in like Lake Placid Line Blue. 6, if you it want to sponsor beautiful. us, we'll each take a Variax. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, okay. Un- unrelated, but I had to give that a shout out because we haven't got to talk about that guitar before, I don't okay. think. So anyway, okay. Neil was on the Tonight Show late in Johnny Carson's run. I told you that. I'd seen uh, some interview. And he said uh, that he had not done a talk show in 20 years at that point. This was like 1991. Okay. Maybe 92. It was very in, at the very end of Johnny Carson's run. But he said it was because the last time he had done one, he'd had a major malfunction and had, and had kind of shied from doing talk shows since then. Uh, he started playing the song on his guitar. And then the band joined him shortly after, right? He, he opened it just with an, with an acoustic. One problem. His capo was on the wrong fret. Oh, no. He was a half step away from the rest of the band. And he said he panicked. When they, cu- when they came in, they were a half step off, you know, in his total disaster train wreck. He said he panicked and couldn't figure out what to do. And his band couldn't exactly, like, meet him on the fly, all of them. To go- this was before the days where your band had an MD with a mic in mm-hmm. somebody's ears that could have gone, hey, we're half a half step, step flat. Yeah, Everybody yeah. raise it. You know what I mean? That's that kind of thing. And so they played the whole song, he said. They played the whole song in two keys. Oh, oh um, my goodness. Now, of course, you know I went to find that yeah, clip. Yeah, Couldn't find it. That's I couldn't find it. It made me sad. So while I couldn't find the actual clip, though, I can give you an example that is equally horrifying. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a, a clip from a, uh, a Christian worship leader <laughs> who, bless his heart, posted this after it happened, and it has blessed my life for over a decade now. Um, this is, take a listen to the band uh, kicking in at the first pre-chorus. This is a Chris Tomlin song called Holy is the Lord. And they, and the band comes in on the pre-chorus when he says, and together we sing, they're supposed to come in on a two major chord. Okay. (laughs) The band is supposed to come in on two major chord. So check this out. I don't know who this is, or I would give him credit. It's just been sort of lost to legend at this point, but um, check this out. This is why you always check your capo. 
We stand. Have you heard this? You've heard this, right? I don't. Maybe. It's the best in headphones. <laughs> Listen in headphones if you can. Is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. <laughs> Everyone sings. Yeah. Holy oh, he's staying in it. God Almighty. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Always, always, always make sure your capo is in the right position. <laughs> or just play without one, man. Just, you know what? If you're supposed to be in D flat, just play a D flat bar chord. It's, it's fine. <laughs> um, Oh, that was good. So that is what happened to Neil Diamond. That was not that Neil. That was not but, Neil Diamond, but that was an example. That, that was what, a great way to do that yeah. example of what it would have sounded like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I think that's going to be – I think we're going to close every episode from now on with that. Which is that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Together we <laughs> – I love it so much. That's great, guys. Thank you all so much. Season one, we're in. Yeah. Or season six, episode one. Se- yeah, season, season one. Season Woo! one, we started back over. We just started season this podcast. Season six, episode one. We're back in it, guys. Kablam. Kapow. Uh, Neil Diamond loves you. The Jewish Elvis blesses you. That's right. You know, uh, Ice Cherry does double <laughs> guns at you. And uh, Go to Fenway Park, everybody. Noah Kaminsky. Noah Kaminsky. I don't know oh, what yeah. he does. Go he, sit in the Red Sea. He seat. builds a big boat and, and saves your family. That's right. Um, he sure does. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Oh, oh, I got one other note. One other note. Okay. When this song gets sung live, obviously we've talked about the crowds do the ba ba ba, and it's so good, so good. Um, it got me thinking: how, uh, what, what other songs have received that treatment from oh, fans yeah, okay. that That's do, it. that do, that add things in that aren't there originally? The Can old, you think of any? The Family Tradition by Hank Williams. Yes. Why do you drink to get, get drunk, drunk, Hank? Yeah. Why do you blow smoke to get high? Yeah. 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 And then it goes on from there. Right. Yeah. Um, we don't have to do all of them. And then there's something in. Uh, is there is there something that gets added in Margaritaville also uh, uh, about the salt shaker? Uh, uh, I can't. I don't know. If you got any though, let us know. Yeah, Hit us, us up on them. Twitter, Instagram at Great Song Pod. Join the Facebook group at Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly. Find us there, or just go to Facebook.com/groups/GreatSongPod. As always, you can find archives, merch, and more at GreatSongPodcast.com. And we will be back next week because it's season six, and we are just getting started. We'll be back next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.